Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne podcast. We pray this stirs you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and equips you to live a heaven on earth lifestyle daily. Enjoy. Oh my gosh, I sound super manly. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to talk about, coincidentally, were lies of the enemy. Um, in 2020, I had repented from like backsliding and... Um, Whenever I repented, I kind of felt like, I guess like in limbo or like stuck, like what now, you know, like I've repented, but I was like really struggling with prayer. I really would just like blank out every time I would go to pray. And um, it was like just a struggle to even, I think I prayed so long, just like God help me that I was like, you know, I had nothing built up to pray for, I guess. Um but I struggled with prayer, I uh, struggled with church, because every time I would come to church, I would feel like I didn't belong or like I didn't fit in. I'd leave like every Sunday feeling like I got the crap beat out of me, <laughs> like spiritually speaking, I guess. Um, I felt like I would never be as spiritual. I felt like all the work that it was going to take for me to get back to my relationship with Jesus, it was just like overwhelming. And then it got to the point where I was even having like suicidal thoughts on the way to church. And I would feel like um, I was like a waste of life, like I'm useless to the kingdom because I don't have the willingness that I need, which evidently I did, or I don't think I would have repented to begin with. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just reminded me of like everything that I wasn't. And um, it was like a war in my mind. It was super tormenting. And the thing about, like, lies of the enemy when you're hearing them, they don't sound like lies. Like, they sounded logical. They sounded like they made sense. Like, it was like a reality that I was perceiving, and, like, I was perceiving it as truth, even though it wasn't truth. It was super demonic and super blinding, looking back on it. But um, I think I had finally started to realize, like, this is not normal. Like, you shouldn't hate going to church. You shouldn't hate prayer, you know? Um, and I came across this video on YouTube that was about lies of the enemy and um, everything they were saying I was like this sounds like exactly what I'm going through and so um, I just started like writing down every lie that I would hear I would write down something um, like a scripture to like combat that lie and um, like if I felt like suicidal I would say thank you God that you've given me a future and a hope Jeremiah 29 11 or if I felt like I didn't belong anywhere, I would say, thank you, God, that I'm a royal priesthood, that I'm chosen, and that I belong to you in First Peter. And um, I would also just start to, like, praise and, like, worship, like, even when if whenever it was, like, the opposite of what my flesh wanted to do, because there was days that I would wake up and I would feel, it's like I felt kind of dead inside, you know, like there was nothing left alive. And um, I would just say, like, thank you, Jesus, that you've given me um, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness and I just started like making exchanges with Jesus like I would just worship and praise in my living room and um, I feel like something like kind of began to break but it's still like I struggled still and um, I think one day I just like ugly face cried to God <laughs> I was like nobody understands me like I'm so misunderstood like I don't fit in nowhere I feel like I don't belong nowhere and then, like, after I was done, I felt like a release almost. It lasted maybe, like, three minutes, but I felt like God delivered me from something. And I remember thinking, like, I wish there was, like, a Bible study or something I could go to. And then the following, or no, I think it was the same week, y'all started the women's Bible studies. And um, 
it, I didn't feel that way anymore. Like, I didn't walk in and feel like I didn't fit in. I don't think I cared anymore because I just, I was so desperate to not want to be the way that I was. I was so desperate to be desperate for Jesus that I was like, whatever it takes, I'm just going to, like, swallow my pride, you know. And um, I like how Jesus, he always says, whenever he would open up, I tell you the truth. Like, Jesus, he cannot lie. There's no darkness in him. There's nothing false in him. If there's one sure thing you can trust, it's Jesus. And um, our flesh does not like the truth. And I think whenever it comes with, like, lies of the enemy, like, there is some flesh in there to be able to allow, like, lies to be able to come in and take root. Like, you're kind of acting also out of your flesh because you're thinking with a carnal mind because your mind's not renewed. And in 1 Corinthians, it talks about like a renewed mind. When your mind is carnal and you don't renew it, it's easy to believe lies or to not even see them as lies. And it's extremely difficult to discern what truth is. Um, believing truth is the opposite of what our flesh wants to do. Our flesh wants to believe what it sees or feels, but believing takes faith and crucifying our flesh. My notes are all backwards and out of order. Um... In John 8, it says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And um, we can know God, God's truth by abiding in his word, if the, because the truth of the word is what makes us free. In John 8, it also says, there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. And it really makes me look back and think, like, who was I allowing, whose voice was I allowing to father me, like, during that time? And the word of God is alive and active. It pierces, dividing soul from spirit. It discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. Crickets. Um, lies, they shape your life, they shape your mindset, and they'll shape your future. And they'll even affect the way that you see people, and it'll affect the way that you think people perceive you, um, because it influence like it it has an influence over the realm of like the world that you're in. Like I know people who have said nobody likes me, nobody cares about me, and me knowing these people, I'm thinking like everybody likes you. Like I don't know a single enemy you have, but then later on you hear their kids start saying the same kind of things. So it, does, it doesn't just affect you, it affects and has an influence on the people around you. What a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23.7. I remember um, having a dream, and in this dream, there was like a group of people praying over me, and Johnny and Karen and David were there, and I think I had this dream maybe like a year before I even like came back to the Lord. And... Um, it was like I could hear David praying, and he was praying, like, prophetically, whatever, like, what God was telling him, and he was saying, enough is enough, and I remember thinking, or that it, it was the first time that I ever felt like I was part of a family in the dream, and I knew that God was saying, like, it's enough of isolating yourself, like, it's enough of resisting me. Resisting me. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all sound judgment, Proverbs 18.1. Whenever you start to isolate yourself, and especially when the enemy's lying to you, it's easy to do that because, you know, you're having, like, all these negative thoughts. But whenever um, the enemy isolates you, if he can get away, if he can make a way for you to believe the lies that he's saying to you, he can isolate you. And if he can isolate you, he can destroy you. And I remember 
Pastor Tony's story, he used to always say, if the enemy can isolate you, he'll beat your brains out. <laughs> but it's true. Um, so that was pretty much all. I would just say, like, if you are, like, struggling with, like, lies of the enemy, just repent and wage war. Like, get angry and fight against him because all it's doing is, like, keeping you in a bondage, and it's miserable, and it's tormenting. In uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, it says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. They have the divine power to demolish strongholds. And whenever you believe lies of the enemy, you start to build up, like, strongholds of, like, the way you think. And it creates, like, wrong thinking and, like, in, like just incorrect mindsets and stuff. We demolish arguments and every presumption that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that word presumption in Greek, it means height or barrier. And I, was, I heard that, um, what's his name? Bill Johnson, he was saying, like whenever, back when they would build like a stronghold, they would take one stone and then, but what made it a stronghold was all, like all the stones together. So whenever you believe one lie, you're setting yourself up to believe a bunch of lies and that all them lies are going to build a stronghold in your mind. And so the end, that was it. <laughs>